1: It's nothing to do with discrimination. It's nothing to do with suggesting one group is better than the other.
2: Rich door, poor door. The city of Vancouver questions how closely people in mixed social housing should live. Plus.
1: That we are talking about the risk of extinction of species.
2: Outrage at the prospect the NDP government could allow old growth logging on Vancouver Island. And.
3: It's people like Logan, why I'm standing here today, because they signed their donor card.
2: Going green. Year one of a campaign that's turning tragedy into hope.
0: You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6.
2: Good evening, I'm Colleen Christie. Thanks for joining us. We begin with breaking news tonight. A fire has engulfed an apartment building in Esquimalt near Victoria, and there are fears about the residents. Grace Key joins us now with the details. Grace, what happened? Well, at this hour, it does look like firefighters have gotten the upper hand on this blaze. We know the fire broke out at a four-story apartment building on the 800 block of Craig Flower Road just before 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Victoria Fire Department is providing mutual aid. We know at least one person was taken to hospital, though there's no word yet on the extent of injuries. And there are reports that flames forced one person onto a fourth-floor balcony where this person was trapped. Now, on the scene have confirmed that a number of people had to be rescued from the complex though the exact numbers are unclear
3: it's intense they're spraying the water and uh, there's a lot of smoke and it looks intense it, it, it's sad really
2: there was a handicap person in the second who won over and they had to bring him down the ladder didn't
4: see anybody come out of the of the top unit there that was on fire but It was mean. It looked as though the roof was catching up on
2: fire, too, because I see it come down here a bit. Yeah, this is ugly. Now, there's no word yet on the cause of the fire. Firefighters are still on the scene. This is obviously a developing story. We'll bring you the very latest as soon as it comes in. Colleen. All right, Grace. Thank you. Deepening the divide between the rich and the poor or a practicality? So-called poor doors, separate entrances for social housing tenants who live in buildings with condo owners, have renewed the debate over residential segregation. Now, as Kristen Robinson reports, the city of Vancouver is looking to study why we can't all just share the same space.
5: At the Woodwards building on West Cordova, Market Strata residents enter here while social housing tenants use a different entrance a few doors down. Traditionally, the space is kept separate in order to keep costs down for the nonprofit operator.
6: You shouldn't have to go whatever way or go different ways.
3: Same door.
1: I don't like that. No, it's discriminating.
3: Like what, is somebody going to be coming in through the alley and somebody coming in through the big lobby? Like what's going on?
4: Condo owners enter here, while affordable housing renters enter here.
5: Separate entrances known as poor doors, the subject of polarizing debate. The City of Vancouver now seeking consultants to review the operational, financial, legal, and social implications of designing mixed tenure projects with shared entrances and common areas for nonprofit housing operators. My assumption is costs are a bit more expensive, but people are worth it. Atira Women's Resource Society operates two mixed income rental buildings where entrances and common areas like gyms, social space and community gardens are shared by market rental and supportive housing tenants with no issues.
2: And I don't believe that um, the the amount you pay for rent should dictate uh, what your lobby looks like. Building community is absolutely integral to the health and well-being of our communities and having four doors in separate spaces isn't the way to do that
7: but i think this study will hopefully dispel the myth that this is all being done just to for for reasons of separating the
0: rich and the poor
5: while they agree some amenities can be shared proponents say there are legitimate financial and market reasons for maintaining separation
1: it's nothing to do with discrimination it's nothing to do with suggesting one group is better than the other
2: Kristen Robinson, Global News. Island Health has added another location to the list of places people could have been exposed to the measles. If you are at the Royal Oak Medical Clinic on West Saanich Road on April 2nd or 3rd and don't have immunity... You'll want to monitor your symptoms for the next 21 days. At this location, this location is in addition to the Life Labs and the West Coast Medical Imaging on Hillside Avenue on April 2nd and Life Labs on West Saanich Road on April 3rd. It stems from two new cases that were confirmed yesterday. The source is under investigation, but it doesn't appear to be related to the two cases from last week. This brings the total number of confirmed cases of measles in B.C. to 25. In the past five weeks, Island Health has administered 3,500 measles vaccinations. That's more than double over the previous year. I'm so old, I remember when people got measles, mumps, whooping cough, polio...
5: And what a change it made when vaccines became readily available.
2: I think that the measles vaccine is tried and true. And I think that people should get vaccinated. I think people need to make informed choices. And perhaps some of the problem is people aren't being informed. A major development this weekend in an Okanagan drowning. Nearly three years after a supposed canoeing accident on Okanagan Lake, RCMP announced a second-degree murder charge has now been laid against the 63-year-old husband of the woman who died. Jules Knox reports.
8: What was once thought to be a tragic accident, a day of picnicking and canoeing gone wrong, is now believed to be murder. 56-year-old Arlene Westervelt died on June 26, 2016. At the time, police said she was in a canoe with her husband, Bert Westervelt, when the boat overturned about 30 metres from shore. Bert was helped to land by a passing boat, but there was no sign of Arlene. Rescue crews scoured the lake until nightfall, but only found her body the next morning under 12 metres of water.
9: You know, it's a tragic accident that possibly could have been avoided, um, you know, when we feel for the victim and the families and and everybody involved.
8: But now police believe Arlene's death was no accident. Her husband, Bert Westervelt, was arrested on Friday, nearly three years after her body was pulled from the water. He has now been charged with second-degree murder. A witness at the time remembered the couple picnicking together at the beach in what would turn out to be Arlene's final moments. The
0: fellow looked up and waved at me, and I waved at him, and and off I went and uh, went home. Not long after, I received a phone call to say that there were emergency vehicles uh, down by the vineyards.
8: Arlene was a public health nurse, remembered by family as having a passion for travel and living life to the fullest. Her obituary reads that she survived by her loving husband. He's in custody and will appear in court on Monday. Jules Knox, Global News, Lake Country.
2: The war on the invasive Japanese beetle is now underway at several Vancouver parks. The park board began treating the turf field at David Lamb Park with larvicide today. Trees and road medians will also be sprayed in the attack against the invasive pest, which was first discovered in False Creek in 2017. The Japanese beetles are now in the larva stage, but as they grow, they become destructive, damaging turf and plants, including fruit and vegetable gardens. The larvicide is safe, but people and pets are asked to avoid the fields during treatment. The spraying of about 70 hectares of city and parkland will continue into May.
1: It's a harmless product, it it's doesn't harm bees, butterflies, any type of mammal. It doesn't harm them. Personally, you'll see when they see the spray tank out, uh, the person will be wearing a long shirt and sleeves. They will not be wearing a spray mask. There's no concerns about that at all. It's been completely certified. uh, So it's a very safe product.
2: Environmentalists are speaking out tonight about a plan by the provincial government to allow logging of old-growth forests on Vancouver Island. The big question, why? Paul Johnson reports.
1: B.C.'s temperate rainforests are globally rare. They never covered more than one percentage point of the earth's landmass.
0: As a forest campaigner for the Sierra Club in B.C., Jens Weeding spends a lot of time Jans looking Jans Jans at Jans Jans government permits Jans. for logging. When he saw the latest plans for Vancouver Island, he was
1: shocked. They are planning to auction more than 1,300 hectares of old growth on Vancouver Island. That's more than three Stanley parks. <laughs> Depending on whose numbers you're using and
0: how you're counting, there's only between 7 and 20 percent of the original ancient forest left on Vancouver Island. And environmentalists
1: say when you're talking about
0: the oldest and most valuable trees in the valleys, it's
1: less than that. At the current rate, um, we will see most of the remaining big trees disappear in just a few years.
0: But there was an expectation that things would be different. The current NDP government holds power only because of an alliance with the Green Party, who say they expected a new policy about old-growth forests, and they're as frustrated as anyone else. To see that it's continuing as business as usual is uh, disappointing. A spokesperson for BC's forests minister, Doug Donaldson, told Global News that of the remaining old growth on the coast, 55% is protected. And in the area in question on Vancouver Island, they're protecting nine times the area proposed to be logged. And all of that would be done sustainably, though that's a word increasingly hard for activists to swallow when you're talking about what remains of B.C.'s ancient forests.
1: The word sustainable doesn't make sense in the context of old-growth logging at this point in time because there's so little left that we are talking about the risk of extinction of species. Paul Johnson, Global News.
2: Some sad news in B.C. municipal politics. The former mayor of Oak Bay has died. Nils Jensen, seen here at the UBCM convention last September, died this morning after a short battle with cancer. He served 15 years on Oak Bay Council, including two terms as mayor. Jensen practiced criminal law as defense counsel and as a crown prosecutor. He also worked on critical infrastructure projects as a member and chair of the Capitol Regional District. A memorial will be held on Thursday afternoon at Oak Bay High School. Jensen is survived by his wife and two sons. He was 69 years old. One person suffered minor injuries when a transit bus and vehicle crashed in North Vancouver. The bus was traveling along Queens when it collided with an SUV at Lonsdale this afternoon. The fire department says there were about 20 people on board. None of them was injured. The driver of the SUV was slightly injured but refused treatment. A computer glitch caused temporary chaos at YVR today. Travelers in the international area say they were unable to check in online or via the automated machines long lineups around the news hour caused some flight delays. Officials at YVR say a software issue was to blame and that some international departures to the U.S. were impacted.
1: I was trying to do online checking and the system goes down all the time and I tried many times on the phone, on the computer. It just didn't work out. So far we've just heard that the system's down and We have to check in like this.
2: At the desks instead of at the machines. Yeah. And the queue was like all the way back
1: back there.
10: It's just a long queue in the air China check-in.
1: I need to be in Cambodia to work. If I don't arrive, it's a big problem for me.
2: Dozens of Army cadets from across Metro Vancouver marched in the annual Vimy Day commemoration at Mountain View Cemetery today. It marks the historic Canadian victory of the Battle of Vimy Ridge 102 years ago, but it came at a cost. 3,600 soldiers were killed over three days, an estimated 700 of those were from British Columbia. Vimy Day will officially be observed on Tuesday.
7: Now, although we are far from the site of this battle and even further from the guns, the gas, and the trenches that scarred the battlefield over a century ago, Tens of millions of Canadians hold the stories of Vimy close to their hearts. There are national memories that remind us of the the brutality of war.
2: Canada's first green shirt day launched today, a day after the first anniversary of the Humboldt bus crash. It was named in honor of Broncos player Logan Boulet, one of the 16 people killed in the collision. As Aaron MacArthur reports, it's hoped British Columbians will be inspired by Boulet, who signed an organ donor card shortly before he died.
7: One split second of tragedy transformed into the lives of six people that one decision multiplied time and time again. It's
0: important that Logan's a team player.
7: When Logan Boulay's family honored his wishes, they single-handedly changed the conversation about organ donation in Canada. Today, on the anniversary of his death, that conversation is still going. It's people like Logan why I'm standing here today because they signed their donor card. Green Shirt Day launched in partnership with the Canadian Transplant Association. Events across dozens of communities in BC. Small, grassroots gatherings. 50 people skating in Abbotsford.
2: I think we've raised a lot of awareness today and throughout the campaign. A
7: few more in downtown Vancouver, including the coach of the BC Lions. It's the only way you get me to wear green considering that my color is orange orange and black. (laughs) The conversation has shifted and so have the numbers of registered donors. Hundreds of thousands of people signed up last year after the Humboldt tragedy. This week, people are still signing up. The number's not known yet, but the momentum has been building.
2: It's not just about today. It's not just about tomorrow. It's about every day, and how do we increase people's awareness of, on this on a day-to-day basis?
7: The Boulet family has no plans to let this be the end. A lasting legacy to a young man who has inspired us all. Aaron MacArthur, Global News.
2: Great campaign! Global News mm-hmm. is very proud to be a supporter of it. You're an organ donor. Yes. You're a registered organ donor. I am registered. Yes. Me too. All good. It's All very good. easy. It's super it's very easy, easy to do. A
10: couple yeah. of minutes. Costs
2: nothing. <laughs> Uh, really lovely that the sun came out
10: today. <laughs> I, was, I was texting with someone
2: and they were like, oh my goodness, the
10: sun's coming. <laughs> Feels like we haven't seen it, depending on where you are across the province. Uh, but yeah, there were some breaks out there today. We will manage to squeeze some out in our long-range forecast, but a quick glance this evening, we're seeing a few isolated pockets right along the North Shore Mountains. Uh, you may see a shower popping up there and then some cloud cover is going to roll in. We're keeping a close eye on a system that's just to the south of us. What this will mean for our work week, going Back to school, and yes, the return for some sunshine. I'll show you the nicest day out of the bunch coming
2: up very shortly. Excellent, thanks so much, Yvonne.
4: Well, it was a fun. You know, Canucks are done, so they're yes. golfing, right? So right. Our stories <laughs> on day golf. Today. It's not. Yeah, it's a great golf day. It, another Canadian is one on the PGA tour, not one of our BC guys, but Corey Connors from Ontario had to Monday qualify. Uh, for the texas open down in san antonio and he won the tournament. So the wow. first time in ten years that's happened and with the win he wins you know say 1.4 million but he also gets into the masters next week and some other great tournaments and some priceless reactions from his wife who they just got married last year following him on the course, she was a rack of nerves and they oh, got some great shots. Uh, so it's a, it's a lovely story and we've got highlights of that coming up. Nice,
2: looking yeah. forward to it, definitely. Okay, Andrew Sheer is challenging Prime Minister Justin Trudeau to follow through on a threat to sue him. One week
4: ago, I received a letter from a lawyer representing Justin Trudeau threatening to sue me for my criticisms of his actions in the SNC-Lavalin corruption
0: scandal.
2: The federal conservative party leader calls the threatened lawsuit an intimidation tactic aimed at silencing the Tories who have been demanding an independent investigation of the affair. Former Attorney General Jody Wilson-Raybould maintains that she was inappropriately pressured by the prime minister's office over possible criminal proceedings against SNC-Lavalin on bribery charges. Shear called on Trudeau to proceed with the lawsuit so the scandal can be investigated in court.
4: I welcome the opportunity to examine Mr. Trudeau in pretrial discovery at the earliest possible date. I look forward to Mr. Trudeau presenting his evidence to Canadians under oath in open court. And based on what I hear, I'm certain Canadians will welcome this as well.
2: In a statement, the prime minister's office said Scheer and the conservatives have repeatedly made false and defamatory statements. We put him on notice that there are consequences for making completely false and libelous statements. Rwanda is marking 25 years since the start of an ethnic genocide that claimed the lives of more than 800,000 people in the East African nation. A memorial service was held today in the capital to honor the victims. Governor-General Julie Payette was among the dignitaries to lay a wreath at the Kigali Genocide Memorial, the final resting place of roughly 250,000 victims. It was one of the worst acts of genocide since the Second World War. The Tutsis people were slaughtered in their homes, schools and churches over a 100-day period. Militants from the Hutu majority blamed minority Tutsis for the death of the country's president when his plane was shot down in April on April 6, 1994, triggering the deadly rampage. Canada and other UN countries tried to end the bloodshed, sending in peacekeepers. An American woman and a driver have both been released after they were kidnapped by gunmen at a national park in Uganda. A couple from North Vancouver witnessed the brazen abduction. As Meg Oliver reports, the release came after a ransom was paid. After five
6: days with their captors in the Congo, American Kimberly Sue Enticott and her local driver, Jean-Paul Marengue Ramezo were rescued Sunday night. This photo shows Endicott moments after she was taken to safety. And We're all really concerned about
9: what had happened to her.
6: Andrea Glasgow calls Endicott a free spirit, saying the skin spa owner is known to travel alone. I want to hear about what happened, you know. You're so independent and you go over there by yourself. Scary. Last Tuesday, the 56-year-old Californian was on safari in Uganda's Queen Elizabeth National Park when four kidnappers ambushed their car. FBI and CIA officials, including hostage negotiators, had been trying to secure their release. Initially, the gunman demanded a half million dollars ransom. The U.S. government policy is not to pay hostage takers and the Ugandan authorities insisted they would not pay it. CBS News has told the tour group Wild Frontiers ultimately paid money to secure their release, though it was a significantly lower amount. California resident Bill Toon was also touring the park at the time of Endicott's abduction.
3: It, it very well could have been us. And it's a bit shocking. We've been working in Uganda for quite a long time, uh, as well as in Kenya, and we've come to be very comfortable here.
6: Hundreds of thousands of tourists visit Uganda's 10 national parks each year. There hadn't been an abduction in more than 30 years. Tour companies say this is an exception.
4: We have seen where the lapses are. We will ensure that those are closed. We can assure everybody who comes to visit that Uganda is safe, that our parks are safe. They can continue
0: coming.
2: A suspected rhino poacher has been eaten by a pride of lions after being trampled to death by an elephant in South Africa. It happened after the man and four others broke into Kruger National Park on Monday in South Africa. A skull and a pair of trousers were all that rescuers could find of him. Authorities claim the men that were with the victim at the time carried his body to the road so that passersby could find it. They then left the park before later being found and arrested. A deadly forest fire in southwest China reignited today. The wildfire originally broke out on March 30th at a remote spot in the mountains and engulfed about 40, he- 40 acres of forest. 30 people, including 27 firefighters and four others, have lost their lives in the fire. It was sparked by lightning and was thought to be extinguished on Tuesday, but it flared up again today. About 350 firefighters are now being deployed to put the blaze out. Dry weather and high winds are fanning the flames. And rising floodwaters have forced more evacuations in parts of Iran, where 70 people have died. People living in six more towns in the southwestern province have now been ordered out. That's on top of 11 other towns and scores of villages that have already been evacuated. Rescue teams are taking residents to nearby shelters. Young men are being asked to stay behind to help with rescue operations. A new round of rain is now expected. A bridge in Brazil's north collapsed Saturday when it was struck by a ferry. Witnesses say two cars plunged into the local river. It's not known how many people were in the vehicles. Drivers from the divers rather from the local fire department are searching for survivors. Authorities say five crew members on board the ferry survived. The accident has also cut off a highway to one of the country's busiest ports. Britain's Prince William revealed today that he, was sh- he shadowed the country's spies. Kensington Palace says he spent three weeks working with Britain's secret services to understand how the nation's security and intelligence services work. and That includes shadowing the Foreign Intelligence Service, MI6, the Domestic Security Service, MI5, and the Government's Secret Listening Service. That group gathers communications from around the world to identify and disrupt threats to Britain. The Duke of Cambridge called the experience truly humbling. If you love beer, this just might be the best job ever. A man in the U.S. is taking advantage of his passion for the beverage by mixing teaching with brewing.
3: Looks like she's going, though. Away we go. A slow and patient march down the line. That's how Travis Rupp likes his beer to behave. Thanks, man. Yeah, it turned out nice. Yeah, I'll be drinking quite a bit of this. Travis brews at Avery and Boulder, and these soldiers are his latest creation. Many of you had really phenomenal questions regarding the scholarship and some of the research. When Travis sets down the beer... You pull back all of the eruption layer. He's a lecturer in classics, art history, and anthropology at CU Boulder. I did not expect to be both an academic and a brewer, that's for sure. A dual career track he started seven years ago. Nicely was given the title a few years ago of beer archaeologist, so they call me the beer archaeologist for Avery. Yeah, it's pretty awesome to have him on the team and and coming up with these very random, archaic recipes. Avery calls it ales of antiquity. Britons grew especially sullen After 1760, Travis lectures all over the country. So I want to get into the nitty gritty. And world. Definitely addressing in the future while he researches ancient recipes. The path has been very meandering all over the place. Just kind of an amazing, unique. Ability that we have through Travis to be able to resurrect these recipes and, and try them today. So there is an element of, you know, pinch me, is this actually a reality? Because um, there really aren't many people that get sent around the world to just study culture and study how beer and alcohol have affected those cultures. Why we study Pompeii so heavily in in our field. Back when he was their age, (laughs) Travis didn't have the best taste. It all started with some natty ice way back in the day. It was disgusting. That's ancient history now. Beer to me is that one thing that links us all together. It's almost something that makes us human. A link to the past. So you could argue that beer maybe sparked the revolution a little bit as well. That Travis hopes could make those history lessons. Where beer eventually is produced a bit easier to swallow. So thank you all for coming out this evening.
2: And thank you. I'll be here. I ain't going anywhere, so let's imbibe. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Yvonne is here now with a look at the forecast. I know it's funny, we were just talking to the control room and and they're saying, greatest job ever or biggest scam, because I mean, come on. One or the other, but right now it seems like he has a very tough gig. Good for him. Very tough gig. Good (laughs) for him. Might have been kind of a
10: a patio afternoon today. Yeah, depending on where you are, uh, very pleasant, uh, especially for a few spots across Metro Vancouver. Here's a beautiful shot overlooking English Bay this evening. Temperatures have got into the double digits and we're still sitting at 13 out of the airport with the easterly wind at 19 kilometres per hour. A shot this morning taken by Al in Vancouver at Van Dusen Garden. A beautiful shot of the cherry blossom, so thank you so much for sending in that photo. You can email us your photos at weatherwindow@globaltv.com or you can tweet us as well. Temperatures today, 14 as the high. We're still close to the average for this time of the year that sits at 12 degrees. A few other spots across the province with the piece into the double digits at 11. Lillooet at 17 today and areas near Victoria at 15 degrees. Current temperatures for Tofino sitting at 10, Williams Lake at 8, and good evening into Revelstoke with temperature sitting at 6. So we do still have a few isolated showers just moving along in the North Shore Mountains. We will hang on to that cloud cover, and it's all courtesy of a system that's just to the south of us. For the morning hours across Metro Vancouver, we will have that cloud cover. A chance of showers will be across the island, central and southern sections. And then by the afternoon, the moisture will push in for the interior. We'll see a chance of showers and then inching into the southeastern corner so it'll remain unsettled late tomorrow afternoon for the southern interior and then continuing to see that instability on Tuesday. For the piece 11 as the high, southwesterly wind ramping up tomorrow with gusts of up to 50 kilometers. Most areas near Whitehorse, it's a partly cloudy sky a southerly wind at 30. Unsettled, we have another system to the north still bringing in showers over the next three days along the coast and the Caribou and central interior early this evening, seeing the risk of a thunderstorm, and it'll be similar through the afternoon and evening tomorrow. An increase in cloud cover, that instability picks up by late day tomorrow, and temperatures up to 10. Columbia and Kootenai region with that system to the south, and it'll move in, especially by the afternoon tomorrow. Thompson, Okanagan will hang on to that chance of showers. And for Whistler, a mainly cloudy sky, brightening up on Tuesday, late Tuesday into Wednesday, the return for some showers. And across the island, we will still hang on to uh, more cloud cover tomorrow. On and off showers. Metro Vancouver, it's a slight chance that we'll see a shower for tomorrow. If we do, it'll be for the morning. Some breaks in the cloud on our Tuesday. That looks to be a pleasant day, up to 14 degrees. Unsettled and a touch cooler on our Wednesday, and then some breaks once again for late Thursday, Friday. Through the day tomorrow, temperatures up to 13.
2: Colleen? All right. Thanks, Yvonne. Now, listen, I know you like baby animals, Yvonne, so have a look at this. The Memphis Zoo has welcomed a new addition. The zoo's eight-year-old giraffe, Wendy, gave birth yesterday morning. The baby was up and on its feet in about 25 minutes. Zoo officials say they're waiting on lab results to determine the baby's gender, so no name yet. The baby is currently inside the barn with mom, where they can both be monitored for the next few days. So cute. The Regional Radio Television Digital News Association Awards were presented in Vancouver last night. And Global News and CKNW were big winners. Global BC capturing top honours in several categories, including Best Investigative Story for the BC Money Laundering Investigation, Best Original Enterprise for the Journey for Justice in the Peru Murder Investigation, plus Best Breaking News for the Lower Mainland Windstorm, and Best TV Newscast. You can find the full list of winners on our website, globalnews.ca. Just before we get to sports, WWE Hall of Famer and Calgary native Brett the Hitman Hart was tackled by a spectator in New York last night. Footage posted online shows a 26-year-old amateur MMA fighter slipping under the ropes into the ring and tackling the 61-year-old Hart and his niece to the ground. Hart was giving a speech during the WWE Hall of Fame ceremony at Barclays Center the suspect was promptly subdued by security and other WWE stars. He has since been charged with assault and criminal trespass. No one was hurt, and Hart was able to finish his speech. What was that person mm, thinking? Yeah,
4: bizarre. I'm sure you know. They, you see kind of incidents like this during the WWE shows oh, that are know. obviously planned and part of the part of the act, but not that. And uh, Brett, I think a uh, friend of the show. I think he's been in our studio before, no kidding. promoting different things. Great guy from California. So hopefully he's all right and move on past
2: that. I
4: hope so. All right, got a great story to start okay. here. Uh, Corey Connors has been on the fringes of the uh, PGA Tour the past couple of years, not quite at full-time status this year. That meant he had to Monday qualify this week just to get in to the Valero Texas Open in San Antonio. Well, today, Connors had a chance to not only win his first ever PGA tournament, but with a victory, also book himself a tee time at Augusta mm-hmm. on Thursday for the Masters. Connors had himself a role roller coaster of a day started one shot back but started like a house on fire birdie two of his first three then on number four sinks the birdie and he's got a three shot lead he was one down when it started then at the fifth knocks down his fourth birdie of the day it's a four shot lead. But as quickly as he got those four birdies, he gave every one of them back. Got on the bogey train from hole six through nine, and his four-shot lead was gone. Now he trailed by one at the turn, but then he flipped the switch back to birdie. Approach at number 10 as the rain and wind kicked up, but it's a brilliant shot to a couple of feet, and he would make that for birdie, and just like that, just as fast as it went downhill, he started getting it back on track. At 11, short iron in hand again, and one more time, Corey Connors makes a fantastic shot, led to another birdie, and he is back in front, and he wasn't done yet. At the 12th, from 34 feet, Connors dialed in, makes his third straight birdie, seventh of the day, and his lead is two. Fourteenth Out of the bunkers. Had some struggles out of the bunker this week, but not this time. Third shot on the par five. Nicely done to two feet. And another birdie. His tournament-leading 27th birdie of the week maintains a one-shot lead. At 15, this 12-footer for par makes it. And... Great reaction from his wife, Mallory, who uh, needs just a little bit of wine to help calm the nerves. Pleasantly surprised that Corey made that one. Still a one-shot lead, three holes to go. Then on 16, it gets better. Connor's tee shot is a dart to about four and a half feet. He would make the short putt for birdie. And more shocked reaction from Team Connor's wearing the Canada hats. Two-shot lead, 17 from 12 feet for his sixth birdie in eight holes, and it catches the lip and goes in. Mallory's reaction says it all. Is this really happening? Connor's three-shot lead with just one hole to play. Fellow Canadian and good friend Mackenzie Hughes ready to celebrate with some beers, and at 18 for par and a two-shot win for Corey Connors, the 15th Canadian to ever win a PGA Tour event, just the fifth in history to Monday qualify and win. He wins 1.35 million and he's going to the Masters next week. What a dream week for Corey Connors and his young bride. Well, just hours after the NHL regular season ended, three teams made coaching changes. Florida Panthers and Buffalo Sabres both relieved their head coaches of their duties. Bob Bugner canned in Florida. Phil Housley dismissed in Buffalo. Panthers apparently hot on the trail of uh, former Blackhawk head coach Joel Quenville. The L.A. Kings also thanked Willie Desjardins for filling in as their interim head coach but said he is not a candidate for the job full-time. All right, some positive news on the scary Connor McDavid injury. Last night in uh, Ed- or in Calgary, McDavid going at warp speed hit his leg hard on the goalpost. He said he thought he broke his leg in two when it happened, but X-rays were negative. He scheduled for an MRI, and they will know in a day or two what they find. McDavid finished second in NHL scoring this year with 41 goals and 116 points. Here's the way the NHL playoff matchups go. It'll be Colorado-Calgary, Game 1 Thursday in Calgary, St. Louis and Winnipeg. Jets open at home Wednesday, Dallas and Nashville, and then Vegas-San Jose. That should be outstanding. Out in the east, it's Columbus and Tampa Bay. Toronto and Boston go at it again, Game 1 Thursday at 4. It'll be Carolina taking on the cup champion Capitals, and Sidney Crosby and the Pens get the Islanders. Western Hockey League playoffs from last night. Game two. Giants, Victoria Royals. And another low-scoring game after the Giants won the opener three-nothing. Second period, no score until Lucas Vakovsky. Nice wraparound goal here. Gave the Giants a 1-0 lead, and it stayed that way into the third. The Royals get their first goal of the series. Ralph Jarrett is a long shot off a couple of sticks, maybe three different Giants sticks and in. Giants had outshot them 36-10, but they needed overtime in OT. Davis Kosh to Tristan Nielsen for the sudden death winner. Then a bit of a brouhaha. Giants win 2-1, lead the series 2-0. Game three in Victoria Tuesday in Spokane leads the other West series 2-0 after winning in Everett 3-1 today. World men's curling Michael's final, eight. Kevin Cooey Kevin and Cooley. Canada Can't taking on defending champ, champ Nicholas Adin yep. of Sweden. Sixth end, 2 1, Canada wow. leads. Oh Cooey without eight. hammer ah. makes a fantastic ah. double Bang. with his last shot, forces Sweden to take one. It's 2 2 through 6. Now in the eighth, after Sweden made a very good shot, forcing Canada to draw against three. And Cooey unfortunately comes up short. So it's a steal of two. So Sweden in control right now. They lead 4-2 playing the ninth. Welcome back. Like the NHL, the NBA playoffs are just around the corner. They begin next weekend. The Raptors know they will be the second seed in the East, but they could play any one of five teams in the first round, including the Miami Heat, who are in a dogfight for a playoff spot. Those teams met today in Toronto in the Raptors' final regular season home game of the season. Mark Gasol, KG Vett, I think a great acquisition at the trade deadline. His role will really increase during the playoffs. Miami absolutely had to win, and uh, Kamloops' boy Kelly Olenek helps them with the three ball. They led by seven at the half, but it's a tight game down the stretch. In the fourth, inside Fred Van Bleet to Serge Ibaka for the jam, and the Raptors led by two. Two minutes to go now. Raptors down three, but Kawhi Leonard from the corner knocks down the three ball. This game would require... Overtime in OT, the future Hall of Famer Dwayne Wade will make the three-pointer. He says he will retire after the season. It wasn't enough, though, that three. Pascal Siakam will answer with the three of his own in the corner. And Toronto virtually knocks Miami out of the playoffs. 117-109 the final in OT. The Raps' final regular season game Tuesday in Minnesota. Then the playoffs begin likely on Saturday. FA Cup semifinal. Watford and Wolverhampton battling for the right to meet Manchester City in the final. Wolves led 2-0 late, but Watford finds life. Gerard De Lafoye with a brilliant chip to the top corner, makes it 2-1. And then in stoppage time, Troy Deeney goes down in the box. They went to VAR to confirm, but it was a penalty. So Dini goes to the spot, and he will convert in the 92nd minute. It's 2-2 and an extra time. Watford complete the comeback. It's the super sub De La Foye scoring the goal that vaults Watford into the FA Cup final for the first time in 35 years. They'll play Man City May 1st at Wembley. Blue Jays trying to avoid the sweep in Cleveland. Marcus Stroman starting, gave up two in the first inning. Carlos Santana with the double inside the left field line made it 1-0. As mentioned, they got two. The Jays have pitched great so far, but man, they cannot hit. Only one run scored today. Danny Jensen produces that in the 8th, but the Jays have scored just 29 times in 11 games. They dropped to 3-8 after the 3-1 loss. Mariners, though, off to a great start, 9-2, after they beat the White Sox 12-5 today. And the first major for the ladies, the a inspiration from Rancho Mirage, California, near Palm Springs, the old Dinah Shore Tournament. Canada's Brooke Henderson looking for a second major, won't get it this time, but a nice chip at 18. And then she will make the birdie. Brooke well tied jumped. for 17th you know, at 2-under along beat. with uh, fellow Canadian Elena Sharp of Hamilton. Yeah. So two so Canadians in the top 20. But it was South Korean Jin Young-Ko who will finish there. this off in style at 18 with the birdie. A three-shot victory. She wins the a a Inspiration, her first with major style. victory. Genius.
2: All right, uh, before we get to our puppy story, I want to update you on the breaking news we had out of Victoria, Squimalt in particular. Uh, The Victoria fire chief says that one person from that apartment fire is unaccounted for. We will have details coming up tonight on BC1 and, of course, on Global News at 11. Okay, now, let's talk puppies. Uh, Can there be such a thing as too many puppies? Mm -hmm. Well, apparently the answer is no. Check out this litter for the record books.
9: If Cleo looks proud, it's because this four-year-old Great Dane just produced 19 puppies. Man, this is a lot. It's never-ending. For Erica Angoni, owner and lead surgeon at Kingman Animal Hospital in Arizona, it was a Saturday morning scramble. We just started calling up staff and family members. Well, we didn't know there were this many. We thought there was like eight to ten much more. The delivery room became a war room. A team of 11 doctors and volunteers pulling out puppies. And when you see what's in front of you. Holy smokes. <laughs> Is that what you said?
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, something along those lines. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, it's so big.
9: They just kept shooting out one after another, and I was handing them off to technician after technician. I didn't know how many umbilicals I tied. And it was 19 puppies, and we're like, that's got to be a record. In fact, it ties the American record. The 17 survivors are all healthy. <laughs> and Cleo's owner says all are spoken United for. States. I have this one right here is gonna be going to New York. This one's going to Pennsylvania. And this one's going to Illinois. They're gonna see places I've never seen. <laughs> and in just a few short months, they'll be fully grown. Yeah, it doesn't ever do. get old to hold a puppy. Oh, no.
8: Never. 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 <laughs>
9: Who can argue with that? <laughs> Jamie Yucus, CBS News, Kingman, Arizona.
2: Oh, can you
10: imagine? <laughs> it's a lot it's just of puppies. A lot of people needs to be constantly <laughs> surrounding
2: them, which wouldn't be hard to do. Wouldn't be hard. Wouldn't be hard at all. Thanks for joining us. See you back here at 11. <laughs>